0: Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buker.
1: This is On the Ball on the United WeCast Network, and I am Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else. Primarily, but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. As promised, I am going to address LeBron James calling out the media, my media brethren, for not asking him about the photo of a 14-year-old Jerry Jones, owner now owner of the Dallas Cowboys, that showed him in a crowd at his high school where some of the white students were protesting or resisting the segregation of the school. It's just not going to be in this episode. I'm going to record it and release that episode as soon as I can. I'm actually looking at it as a part two to this episode because it is related to what I am about to talk about. And After all, I promised I would, but there are two other events I'm going to hit because they are connected to part of the issue with the conversation surrounding the photo, including LeBron being upset that he hadn't been asked about it. The two other subjects, the general conversation, I can't believe I'm actually saying this and having to do this, but the general conversation I'm seeing on social media about Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I know, this is not normal affair for OTB. As well as the video of Steph Curry hitting, or appearing to hit, five consecutive full-court heaves at the Warriors practice facility. I've got to start out by admitting that some of what I'm about to discuss fills me with a range of emotions. Anger, sadness, and fear. I also have to admit, when it comes to the two topics, the Steph video and the Hitler discussion, that I'm working off of reactions on social media, which I try to remind myself is like walking through a ballroom hosting a party or banquet with hundreds, maybe thousands of people in it. And I'm sure all of us have experienced this, most of whom I don't know and have never met. And I'm catching parts of their conversation as I walk through the room. Now, in the circumstance I just described, if I overheard someone saying something stupid or misinformed I might shake my head or roll my eyes, but I'd simply keep it moving. It wouldn't bother me. Even if some someone said something about me that I overheard, chances are, unless it was foul, I'd probably keep it moving. The bottom line is, I wouldn't care or give it a whole lot of thought. Social media, for some reason, hits different. Maybe it's the words being on the screen, the, the permanency of them, instead of evaporating in the air like those spoken. Or maybe that the idea knowing that those words are being spoken and seen potentially by a, an enormous audience, by, as if they were being uh, broadcast on a screen in that ballroom. Maybe it's the tendency of those words in some cases being liked or retweeted as if in our imaginary ballroom, someone said something and then people began parroting it all around the room over and over. And that only happens what I have my experience only happens in weird horror movies or cinematic bad dreams. So uh, I'm going to work backward on these two topics. For those Who may not know? The Warriors and Steph posted a video of him on social media that was shot by Sports Illustrated that shows him in somewhat casual clothes. I think he's got like a sweater or jacket wrapped around his waist as if he'd just finished working out and is about to head home. And, oh, lo and behold, there's a ball rack there sitting on the court. It's the near right corner of the court and he grabs a ball and heaves it in a sort of over-the-head hook shot at the basket at the way far end of the court and he swishes it so he grabs a second ball and chucks it the same way with the same result now he's getting excited he grabs a third ball heaves it lo and behold that one goes in too. fourth try same result he goes to the rack. Now, if you know, in these shooting contests, in the three-point shooting contests, you shoot five balls at each spot. So he goes to the rack for a fifth and final time. He hucks the ball for the, four ba- for the far basket, and it swishes just like the first four. And Steph runs for the door, yelling as he disappears through it, and the video ends. Now, I've seen him make enough crazy shots, as I'm sure many of you have and run off the court in that very same manner so that when I first saw the video, I believed it. Now, thanks to the yeoman reporting work of Janie McCauley from AP Associated Press, I learned a couple hours later, it was not real. And then I went back and I watched, and sure enough, if you watch the flight of the ball, Sometimes the overhead lights glint off of it, and sometimes they don't. There's two distinct shots, actually, that, and from what I learned later, makes, it now makes sense. Now, I don't know exactly how it was edited or what video wizardry was employed, but it clearly was, and it's masterful. This is what disturbed me. The reactions when Macaulay broke it to everyone that the video was not real. Those reactions fell into four general camps. One was from people who said they did not believe it was real from the start. One was from people who were angry at the Warriors and Steph for putting out a video that was not real and that they didn't acknowledge that it wasn't. And that they were assuming because Steph put it on his feed and the Warriors put it on their official feed that it was therefore legit. That he had actually done what the video suggested he did. A third camp was made of people who ripped McCauley for reporting that she had checked with the Warriors and that they had confirmed that the video was a digital creation. And then... The last camp was of people that insisted it was real and refused to believe Macaulay or attempted to discredit that she actually talked to the Warriors. The first camp, good on you if true. Can't say I was in it. The second camp, I guess I understand being upset about being fooled. Steph is such a sincere, genuine guy, you're thinking he would would never do that to his fans. Well, I don't know that he did anything to his fans, but I actually enjoyed the brief time that I thought it was real, and I'm equally grateful not to be left believing something that is not true. That's me. The third and fourth camps are the people that make me question the state of our society. What is with ripping a reporter for doing her job? Now, we may have kind of lost sight of this or people may not even be aware of it. The Associated Press, is kind of the, the reporters of record. They're very careful about their factual accuracy. doesn't mean that they're always accurate. But they above anybody else can kind of look at themselves as the public record. And as someone who covers the team, she is tasked with reporting on anything that is newsworthy. And Steph hitting five shots like that or Steph doing anything, quite frankly, is newsworthy. So she checked it out and she gave us the news. Why the bleep is anybody taking her to task for that? It now, It's not a lot of people, but that anyone would take her to task for that. It boggles my mind that anyone would be upset at being given accurate information, particularly when it clarifies something that they may have been mistaken about. And I realize... This is not an isolated instance. The rejection of information, if it doesn't fit the narrative we've created in our heads about a certain event, has become almost routine. It's why I am, generally, (laughs) I question the state of our society. But at least those are generally about big social and political issues that people may feel they have a stake in. This is a video of a basketball player making essentially a trick shot, a horse shot over and over again. And I'm old enough to remember when Meadow- Meadowlark Lemon would at some point in every game take a midcourt hook shot and make it pretty much all the time or on a regular basis. So anyway, here we have Steph making a trick shot. And now we're told he didn't actually make that trick shot over and over. Okay, how is anyone's life different with it not being real versus being real? The ones who refuse to stop believing it's real, though, are the scariest. Not to get political here, but that's the mindset that someone has to have to believe The former president didn't try to manipulate his way into staying in office or that herschel walker is fit to be a senator in either case there's not a shred of evidence to support that thinking it's it's having a thought based on an image and refusing to let anything dissuade you from it and for my republican conservative followers i apologize if that offends you but it's the reality i can't hide from it you can Now, Steph addressed this video subject after the Warriors lost to the Pacers, saying that he took it as a compliment, a huge compliment, that people thought he was capable of making such a shot five times in a row. It reminded me of his answer when I asked him about Draymond Green, saying that he, Steph, once had an unrealistic confidence, but that now he has a more realistic one. It was... Another way of Draymond saying that Steph is making better decisions. And Steph said his aim at the start was to challenge what was considered possible. So there were times that he pushed the envelope for the sake of making that envelope bigger. And that makes sense too. Because if he had never tried to launch a 35-foot jumper in transition, he never would have made one. And if he hadn't made one, we'd never be where we are right now with guys across the league taking and making that shot. Now, some of you old heads, some of you traditionalists may think the game might be better off if we didn't have this scourge of guys attempting 40-footers. Nonetheless, it's something that Steph decided to do, accomplished, and now... It has expanded our thought Uh, what he also made clear was that he made two of those shots and so i can see how they spliced together the two that he made into the five in a row again if you watch the flight of the ball and you look how the lights reflect off of the ball as it goes down the court and into the hoop You can see that three of them are very similar uh, and two are similar but different than the other three. All right, enough on that. Now, the truly, again, difficult subject, Adolf Hitler. Never in my wildest imagination did I think that I would ever be saying those words and discussing who he was now and anyone who is not interested in this subject or what I have to say about it or what is going on in the world concerning this subject should probably stop listening now and pick up with part two when I get back to LeBron and Jerry Jones and the photo no harm no foul if you don't want any of this I understand it's not the normal fare for on the ball. I'm actually having a hard time believing that there is reason for me to talk about this, that I feel compelled to talk about it. But I do. So forgive me. For those who are wondering or maybe objecting to this being part of a sports podcast, I understand. There are a couple of reasons why I'm going to go ahead and address the topic anyway. One, Is that the subject has gained traction because of a highly visible member of the sports community and that's kyrie irving two because there are certain subjects that i view as too important to ignore simply because they don't fall neatly into the realm of sports and that to have the platform i have and pretend that the way this subject is being treated as a completely rational topic, topic for debate is okay would be ignoring the very real threat that it presents. I don't feel that way about the vast majority of social political issues going on out there, but this one hits close to home. And one of the reasons it does, and one of the reasons why I feel compelled to talk about it is that I have particular insight into this subject as I may have mentioned in a previous podcast about Kyrie and some of his anti-Semitic remarks and actions I am a first-generation American both my parents being German my father was technically born in Romania because it was at a time that Hitler was in power and he was offering farmland in areas he had conquered to German families if they were willing to move there and work it it was a way of permanently incorporating that land into being part of Germany you see Russia doing the same thing right now my parents my father's parents apparently took up the offer now my parents met in the States but they returned to Germany frequently to see relatives and I went with them the first time when I was just learning to speak German technically was my first language and one of the things that has always stuck with me over the years of going back there and just being steeped in the heritage is the deep remorse and shame that not just my parents but every German that I've known has felt about what Hitler did. None of them, to my knowledge, were involved in the Holocaust or knew exactly what was going on. My grandfather on my mother's side was in the army. Um, the legend, family legend, is that he wasn't a very good soldier, um, but came through the, the, the war unscathed. Uh, in any case, it didn't matter. What Hitler did was so horrific that to say for any German to say I didn't I didn't know was too weak of an excuse to utter now I've heard the remarks by Kanye West or yay as he wants to be called now about Hitler not being all bad for someone who writes lyrics and works in language it is a woefully clumsy and painful way to approach the, the point. He said it in a few other ways. I like, I, I like Hitler, whatever. I, I, I actually, I understand the point that he was trying to make or what he was trying to point up. Because the truth is, Hitler did do some beneficial things for the German people. It's how he gained their support he improved the economy with some tactics that may sound familiar he wasn't he wasn't a brilliant economist he printed more money he put tariffs on imports and he funded infrastructure projects such as the building of the Audubon that cured or reduced unemployment and improved the quality of living for the average German he came in at a time when Germany was suffering the German people were suffering and he made their lives better he also sold them though on a on a mindset not just being proud as Germans but looking at the rest of the world as inferior and evil and he convinced them to ignore the chaos and violence that he was going to sow by putting more money in their pocket and food on their table again that might, sound, that might sound familiar. But none of that is a reason to look at Hitler in a softer light or admire him as Ye does. It would be like forgiving Charlie Manson because he was kind to animals or he donated to UNICEF. It's actually worse because what Hitler did was strictly as a means to an end. If he was just about improving the lives of Germans... He wouldn't have dragged the country into a world war and had it bombed to hell, which my mom experienced firsthand. The war was also a way to put more people to work, building tanks and making bullets. And I'm sure some of the guilt that Germans feel is because they benefited from Hitler's evil. I was about 12 years old when I visited, when my parents took me to Auschwitz, which is one of the Nazi concentration camps in Germany. It is the one that you can visit. Uh, The only one left, and they preserved it. Um, Auschwitz was the most lethal. It was the site where an estimated one million Jews were killed. Now, it was many years later, obviously, that I visited it. But an eerie vibe after all those decades remained, as if the earth and trees and wildlife had been hushed by what they had witnessed i I can still feel what it felt like to be there and i'll never forget it and anyone who visited it would never forget it which is why i'm thinking a lot of people i see posting casually about hitler would benefit from visiting it the gas chambers have been kept intact. You can see the nail scratches on the walls. Uh, A lot of the other buildings and quarters have been preserved as well, including the operating chambers where they did experimental surgeries on Jews. There are an array of black and white photos of what liberating soldiers found when they arrived at the camps. You actually don't have to go to Auschwitz to see some of this you do a little bit of research you can find it the survivors were so skinny and frail and weak that only their eyes indicated that they were alive there were stacks of corpses and Hitler did this he said because he was building a superior race the Aryan race the weak the disabled anyone of color if they weren't white preferably tall blonde and blue-eyed they were considered inferior and they had to go read chapter 11 of hitler's book mein kampf which translated means my struggle or my battle now i haven't read the book in its entirety i actually didn't know it was available until until i started doing a little research for this podcast and for for a long time it wasn't except to scholars i mean probably if you really wanted to find a copy of it you could find someone who had it but the average person had no desire or reason to read it because no one questioned that it was the manifesto of a madman. It would be it would be like reading the Unabomber's manifesto to find out like okay what was really going on with him? Was were there some redeeming qualities that were missing? What would be the point? And to be clear, Mein Kampf was his manifesto. It was Hitler's autobiography. It was in his own words why he had his worldview, what he planned to do with Germany. We've reached a place now, it seems, where anyone can dismiss anything by questioning its authenticity. I think you, we just saw that with the Steph video, suggesting that whoever is, re- is reporting it either has a hidden agenda or they're lying. Well, you can't do that here. I mean, I suppose you could, but you can't. There's no mistaking how Hitler thought and what he was after. He wrote it himself. No one questions the authenticity of Mein Kampf. No one ever has.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: The guys outside Barclays Center who are now claiming Yay and Kyrie to be profits would do well to learn about a book that I assure you Ye and Kyrie have no familiarity with and certainly no answers to refute now Hitler's religious history since that's what has prompted Kyrie to talk about this to talk about who's really Jewish and the Israelites and all of that uh, Hitler's religious history has some twists and turns to it he was raised Catholic But he abandoned that faith as soon as he left his parents' house at at 18 and, by all indications, resented that they made him get confirmed as a Catholic. And when he rose to power, he promoted a concept known as German Christian, which followed the Protestant doctrine. The Protestant church actually disavowed itself from Hitler's version, but he had his own version and there was enough people that were buying into it. Now my my father's family for example was catholic and the stories i'm told is that they feared hitler would come after them once he had exterminated the jews it may surprise you to learn that everybody in my father's on my father's side of the family has brown hair dark hair and brown eyes i'm i'm a strange exce- exception being blue-eyed and red reddish blonde hair etc um i would have been accepted by hitler at least for my looks um but in any case anybody who didn't fit that that strict profile feared that they were going to be next on hitler's list once he would exterminated the jews and make no mistake He wasn't exterminating the Jews because they stole the identity of the original Israelites, as I've seen some try to suggest. He presented Jesus as being an Aryan that the Jews killed and that he was avenging their death. So, if you are suggesting that you are one of the original Israelites, then he wanted you dead because you killed jesus now and he thought he was doing god's work as he saw it how hitler pulled all this off by the way being austrian originally with dark hair is a question that has always bothered me but i'm going to guess it was part of his genius he was appealing to the looks that were prevalent in Germany's working class. He wasn't worried about what he looked like. He was worried about his audience. I mean, it's really not that crazy when you consider what we just witnessed, a self-proclaimed billionaire, certainly somebody extremely wealthy, for much of his life a Democrat, Certainly someone who has lived an uninterrupted privileged life and has never had to work a menial job in his life. Convinced millions of people in this country that only he knew what it meant to be a Republican and that he was fighting for them because he shared their pain. He was just like them. And he did it the same way Hitler did, by tapping into their feelings that they were being overlooked and underserved and disrespected and selling the idea that he was restoring national pride and boosting that with a booming economy and that he was going to protect their jobs no matter how outdated might they might be he was taking us back to what we once were hitler did the same thing and Look, I understand why anybody would be attracted by that idea. The idea that they were the chosen ones. Not the forgotten ones. The chosen ones. But what scares me is how casually on social media there's a debate going on about who Hitler really was. What he believed and who he favored. There isn't anything to debate. He was a psychotic mass murderer who instigated a world war he considered blacks jews middle easterners africans south americans islanders anyone not nordic or baltic european as inferior he did not believe in the mixing of races this is not something that should be debated you know why because it means if someone comes along and gets everybody a job and a house and food on the table but has some nasty views of foreigners we might be we might be willing to look the other way because hitler didn't just one day build concentration camps camps and round up jews and put them on trains and start killing and torturing them he had to work his way up the food chain he had to appeal to the masses he had to secure political power and government and military allies so that once people began to become aware of what he was doing he was he was too protected he had had gathered too much power and he had to do all that with a message cloaked you know in, in, in contained in all that that would ultimately allow him to vilify Jews as a people that needed to be eliminated there are other places in the world where that exact same philosophy has resulted in similar atrocities i don't mean to make light of that or to think that the holocaust is the last time this has happened there's been some history of ethnic cleansing in other places and we simply haven't been as conscious of it we've heard of it we've we've But we don't have the details. We don't have the video. But there have been fresh entries. And before I get the, yeah, well, what about the treatment of blacks in this country? You're right. There was a time not all that long ago that it was atrocious and the echoes of that time still exist. There's no question. We still haven't figured out how to create a balanced, fair and free society. I've been alive long enough to know that things have improved but how much I don't know how to measure that and anyone who would say not enough gets no argument from me I do think that we're more aware of injustice than we've ever been and that is at least a start The first step in fixing a problem is acknowledging that you have one, and that's why there are people who want to pretend that there isn't one, because then there's no obligation to fix it. The Hitler playbook, by the way, is still very much in effect. Have you not heard factions of our society being vilified in a similar manner by some of our political leaders? I have. And I want to believe our moral center, our collective moral compass, will not allow anyone to go that far in this country. I so want to believe that there are too many good, kind people, that those who are ready to take up arms and just start shooting people we don't like or consider different, that those people are a minority, and that the majority will win out, that there's no doubt about that. I want to believe. like the jury in the sandy hook alex jones trial the truth will be upheld and those distorting it for profit will be punished ultimately but what damage is done in the interim as we allow this innuendo to live and breathe how many people have bought into what alex jones purveyed and aren't going to let a jury verdict dissuade them I read my Twitter feed, and I see a frightening number of voices suggesting Ye and Kyrie are speaking the truth, and that Hitler actually liked blacks because he knew they were the real Jews, and I wonder, have we become too ignorant of a nation, too uneducated, too lost in our own echo chambers to realize what has happened before and what could happen again? To believe, look, I'm well aware, not all our history books are as accurate as they should be, but they're not completely inaccurate. There are certain things that we've gotten right. And yes, sometimes you have to do a little more investigating to make sure that you're not being misled by one particular piece of propaganda. But how far will we go to believe our own bull just because it makes us feel superior or it confirms what it is that we want to believe because I assure you the people in Germany my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles did not know what Hitler had in mind from the start did not even know exactly what he was doing until it was far too late He sold them on who he thought they were or who they wanted to think they were. And he kept the other part, the part about who everybody else was, to himself until he had solidified his control, until there was no turning back. And I say none of this to be an alarmist. I say it because I can only imagine what my Jewish friends whose family history was forever scarred Hitler and the Holocaust must feel when they see Hitler who he was and what he did being discussed as if it's all up for interpretation it's not it never has been and it never should be it's why upon walking through the imaginary gigantic party that I describe that is social media I can't ignore what i'm overhearing in far too many conversations without speaking up and letting everyone know where i stand i owe it to my jewish friends i owe it to my Ger- my german ancestors and i owe it to my kids for i do not want them living in a country that is willing to embrace another adolf all right, that does it for this very unusual episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant to say, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You don't want to rate this one. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, as I said, this is an extraordinary episode. It's not something that I plan to traffic on, traffic in on a regular basis. I hope I have no need to. But I simply couldn't stand by because two conversations is too, too many about what I'm seeing. So there you have it. And now on to LeBron James and Jerry Jones and the photo. That will be in the next episode. In the meantime, as always... And I probably mean this more than I ever have. Thanks for listening.